Welcome to a Come Follow Me podcast, everybody. We are so excited to have you with us. This is a podcast for seminary teachers by seminary teachers as we discuss the Come Follow Me curriculum and what it might look like in our classrooms. You there, bro? You there? I mean, pretzels laid out, so I'm ready to go, and I have my nourishment. <laughs> pretzels, eh? They're pretzels filled with peanut butter. I remember you used to always have like a giant thing of nuts at your in your office, and I used to help myself to massive handfuls. That was before I realized mm-hmm. how expensive nuts were. Yeah, well, I kept track. <laughs> I owe you. Uh, I owe you three hundred and eighty dollars. I will exact the amount. <laughs> well, happy new year. Happy new year. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, not really. We talked like five seconds ago, but yeah. for, uh, for all the folks listening out there, it's been a while. Um, Brian, you started teaching, yeah? Yesterday, two days ago? Yes. I uh, started teaching on Tuesday and today is Thursday. Could you tell the good folks what it's like teaching with the new curriculum? You got any immediate impressions or what would you say? Um, let me say two things. Number one, just switching from the Old Testament to the New Testament has been a happy change. Nice little change um, of gears. No, absolutely. And we had a good conversation on that first day back about finding Christ in the Old Testament versus finding Christ in the New Testament. And then the fact that finding Christ in the New Testament is not even a goal because he's speaking or starring. Yeah. So we've got to do more than that. We've got to find Christ and emulate him and, and, you know, watch what he does. And this was your where's Waldo object lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you you want to describe quickly what you did? Cause I think it's actually kind of, yeah. So, I put a normal Where's Waldo page up on the screen, just that's very hard to find Waldo. And the kids looked and looked. And after four or five minutes in both classes, they they found him. But it was obviously a struggle. And then I found this kind of a spoof on Waldo. It, it said, where's Waldo? Social uh, distancing. <laughs> yeah, social distancing, whatever. And there's only five people on the lawn and, and one of them's Waldo. It's just, you can't not find him. And we and so then I put up, you know, Old Testament under the the complicated one and New Testament under the simpler one. Had the kid explain, you know, what am I what am I getting at here? And then we just had a good conversation about find, you know, finding Christ isn't the goal because that's just that's too easy. You want to analyze why he's doing what he's doing. What is he teaching us about being like him? How is what he did or taught bringing us hope? How does it invite us to come into him? What can we do differently this week? Now we can, we should have been doing that thing in the new or in the old Testament as well. Obviously it's just going to be easier to find Christ. So we need to get right to the analysis, you know, quicker. Right. So Um, that's what, that's one thing you noticed is different. What else? Yeah. Yeah. As far as the new curriculum itself goes, it's not just being in the New Testament, but there's a new New Testament curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've only been at it now a part of a week. I will say that I really like the I like the overview at the beginning of the week that yeah. you can just as a teacher go through and be like, okay, what what where's my head this week? You know, what are we what are we focused on? I love that the doctrinal mastery is built right into the curriculum. Um 
you know, there that's yeah. that's easy. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Um you know, I find that there's things I adopt and things I adapt, and there's probably still more things that I adapt, but I have really decided to start with the curriculum every yeah. single lesson. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. Yeah, you you brought up something, and by the way, it really blessed my family scripture study yesterday because we explored the question you asked about why does Zacharias and Mary both ask questions of the angel Gabriel, but the outcome of those questions were so different. Um, and, and it was, it was a good conversation because even my 11 year old was like, yeah, what is up with that? Cause there's a lot of similarities to what Gabriel tells them both, but they were, but my kids were able to see quickly that what Zacharias was doing was questioning an answer. Whereas Mary was asking a question, you know, did that, that didn't come from curriculum for you. Where, where did that idea come from? Or how did you spot that? that relevant? just comes because I know my students, we talk so much. I, I'm working so hard for the last few years to encourage questions and to say, questions are good. Questions invite revelation. A question is not a doubt. Those aren't the same things you can, you know. And so I just, I noticed this as a great opportunity to say, let's analyze questioning a little bit because there's this obvious, now, yeah, it's not in the curriculum, and I'm not sure why, and it's totally fine, but I, this is a good chance for teachers to be like, well, where are my classes at with this? I mean, do I need to take, just hop out of the curriculum for 20 minutes one day? So yeah. today, yeah, we compared Zacharias's question with Mary's question. We looked at a couple different translation of Zacharias's question and really came to the conclusion that he seemed to be saying, I need more proof. I need, I need proof. Now he's been, you know, we're presuming praying to have a baby, he and Elizabeth. But he basically said, praying. prove it to me. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. And the angel's response is very interesting. Before the angel, you know, strikes him dumb, the angel says, well, I'm, I am an angel. I'm an angel. God, <laughs> I'm here talking to you. Like, it seems like Zacharias is like, well, yeah, you may be glowing and floating and you have a but sweet prove. beard, but I mean, I need more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So when he says, how am I supposed to know this angel's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you proof. I, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Mary seems to be saying, no, I believe you. I just don't understand. I just need to know that's, the next step. Like, what What am I supposed funny. to do next? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and, and she's saying, I don't know how this can be. I'm not saying it can't be. I just don't know how it can. From what I know, this is, this is confusing. We're totally fine being confused. I, I mean, yeah. you know, people all the time say, I got my mission calling right when I opened it. I knew that was the place I was supposed to go. That wasn't it's my experience. Fine. <laughs> To get your mission call and be like, ooh, yep, okay, I do. Yep. Everyone else is having. I I wonder why I'm supposed to go here. That's a great question to take with you yeah. in the MTC. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So that so that's super relevant. And I was reading and teaching in the Savior's Way yesterday because I'm preparing for this training next week. And um, the way teaching in the Savior's Way is set up basically is part one is. Um, what we're teaching, which is focus on Jesus, right? What we teach is Christ. No matter what we're teaching, we're teaching Jesus Christ. The second part is then how do we teach? And it's all those principles of Christ-like teaching. But then there's a third section that I guess I kind of didn't realize was there. And it, it's suggestions. And and they have these, um, these different like settings and audiences that they talk about. And there's one section about teaching the youth. I just want to read this real quickly. So second paragraph, youth are, in, are learning about themselves. And, and I think this is an important thing for all of us 
that teach the, the young people that we realize this about them. It says, the youth you teach are forming the foundation of their testimony. They are in the process of discovering their beliefs and convictions. They're making decisions that will affect the course of their life. To survive spiritually, to you know, use something President Nelson says a lot, in, in the, these perilous times and to fulfill the Lord's mission for them, the youth you teach will need to know how to find strength during their trials, uh, answers to their questions, not our questions as teachers, but their actual questions, and courage to stand as witnesses of God. Youth have a growing desire to learn things by reasoning and experience rather than by simply being told things. This means that teaching youth will require good listening skills. When youth feel understood, they will feel more open to counsel and guidance. And then and then it goes on from there. I, I think that this is something you actually do. You know, this is this is a gift you have well. This is why you teach the youth so well and you have for decades, is this ability to recognize where they're at in their life right now. And and how critical this this moment is, and that they're they're done kind of being told what to believe now, and they want to they want to have a place where things make sense, things matter, are relevant, where they can ask questions, and and so when you go through the the curriculum, and you I don't even remember what the lesson was on with Zacharias, but you noticed that wasn't in the lesson, but you thought here's a good chance to talk about something that youth care about, which is. How do we ask questions? Is there a wrong way to ask questions? Is there a right way to ask questions? And, and is there a pattern that can be found? And having these two parallel stories next to each other, basically across the page from each other, um, oh, yeah. was a good place to see it, you know? Yeah. I, I made up a little worksheet so that they really got the storyline down. And then, and it took like six minutes to do the worksheet. I said, okay, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Tell me about Zacharias and Elizabeth. What are they like? They just shared what they knew. I said, all right, what do we know about Mary? What's the angel teach Mary about Mary? Da, da, da. Okay, what seems to be Zacharias's question? And where did the question come from? Why would he even ask that? And the kids were pretty good to say, well, he's pretty old and da, 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 da. And I said, well, what about Mary's question? Where does hers come from? Well, she hasn't had any relations with a man yet. It, it, you know, so we, so I let them do a little discovery as far as yeah. you know what was going on in the story but let's just yeah let's analyze the the question about questions and then we used four quotes from sister dew's talk you will you engage in the wrestle that were just they're incredibly great quotes and those and weren't in the talk. lesson either or or the worksheet nope. no that's just a, a good talk from 2016 yeah yeah so so you're you're adopting first and then you're adapting these lessons knowing your your kiddos and because the rest of my lesson was very much from the what the from manual. the yep yep yeah yeah so so here's what I'd like to do each week when we do our podcast is I would like to take the next week obviously and go first to the overview and get an idea of what each lesson is kind of roughly trying to do because kind of gone are the days we used to we had the old gospel teaching and learning handbook and the mantra was cover everything teach yeah. everything. And the, the, the things that you can't do well, you just summarize, you know, or whatever. Um, and we tried to do this process of these, what, what were called the fundamentals of gospel teaching and learning. They started with context and, you know, what, what's, what's going on with the story and then the content, what is actually in the scripture, identify some principles, then really find relevance in those principles, then try to help the youth feel the importance uh, and the truth of the principles and then apply it. And we tried to do that every lesson and actually sometimes multiple times in the lesson, right? We tried to do all those things. One thing I've noticed is that these lessons 
now in the new curriculum are not trying to do everything all the time. So like, for instance, if you look at Luke 2, 1 through 14, which is the first lesson um, of the week next week. Yeah. And uh, in the overview, it says, uh, so you've got a weekly overview, which is so useful. This lesson's purpose is, is to help students understand Jesus Christ's role as Savior of the world. That's it. It's only covering verses 1 through 14. So it's not the whole chapter of Luke 2. It's just, in fact, I think it really just locks in on the doctrinal mastery verses 10 through 12 of uh, what the angels say. They call Jesus the Messiah or the Savior of the world. And so this whole lesson is about what does it mean that he's the Savior? And so, you know, that that lesson, maybe there's going to be a little bit of feeling and testimony in there for sure, you know, and, and maybe there's going to be some other parts, but it's mostly about understanding who Christ is, because then the next lesson is the doctrinal mastery lesson. And, yeah. and the purpose of this lesson then is to practice this, the principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge and applying to scenarios that have to do with understanding why Jesus matters as our savior. Right. Yeah. And then, um, but then, then you go to the next lesson, which is Luke two, one through 39 and Matthew two, one through 12. This lesson is intended to help students desire to seek and rejoice in their own testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, I haven't admittedly looked into this lesson, but that does feel different. So I, right. somehow we want them to be bearing testimony and to feeling joy about their testimony in this lesson. Yeah. And then the and last, then, go ahead. You know, yeah. Then when we hit the next stuff, you're looking at all the people that were drawn to the Savior and how that happened. And there's yeah. going to be some great application there, but it won't be the same as you know, where's my testimony of the Savior and how do I feel about his role as Savior and Redeemer? Yeah, I imagine this lesson's probably hitting Simeon, Anna, and the wise men, I bet. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and then and then Thursday's lesson is uh, Matthew 2. This lesson will help students identify some ways the Lord can communicate with them. So this feels super applicable, right? This one is about probably, is that Joseph 11 through 23, Joseph's dreams, probably? Yeah, and maybe. address... Yeah, I bet if I click on it there, I bet that's what it is. Oh, but the it's Lord a, warns the wise men and Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but we're going to address something super relevant that all our students wonder about, and that is: is that God or is that me? Who's talking to me? Like, how does that work? And this lesson is going to be super relevant. And then you end the week with Luke two forty through fifty two. This lesson will help students strengthen their desire to be like Jesus by seeking to develop intellectually, physically, spiritually, and socially. So we've got a heavy dose of application in the last two lessons of the week. Yeah. Yep. So so I think that's useful, and, and maybe we'll have a little bit more time to talk about those in coming podcasts. We spent a little bit of time just getting your take on things. But I did want to ask you this question. Each one of these lessons in the overview has a student preparation piece. Um. I, I, do you feel like you're good at giving your students something ahead of time that prepares them to learn? Or do you think um, not so much? It really depends on the lesson. I, I there are, I, I don't think I ever do it in a forced way, which means I probably don't do it super often, but maybe once every couple of weeks, I'll say to them, all right, we've got two minutes to go before tomorrow. Will you guys go home and ask your parents this question and then be prepared to come back and, or, I want you to try something today. Yeah. I want you to try, da, da, da. you know, years, I can't remember, it was years ago, but we were going to talk about pray always. And so I just gave the kids, I said, listen, you get 23 hours. I want you to see if you can pray 15 times between now and class tomorrow. Oh, that's you just, interesting. 
you figure, and I want to know what your experience, and if it's just interesting the next day to have kids say that boy, you know, this is mm-hmm. what it was like. So there's stuff like that. Yeah. What well, I can, can I, more but before, saying, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Before you go into that, um, one advantage I want to point out that early morning teachers have that you and I don't have is the ability to actually send text reminders um, yeah. out to their kids. And so you really could make an invitation like that. And then maybe later the day or in the evening say, Hey, just a quick reminder that, you know, I, I invited you to do this in preparation for tomorrow. No big deal. Oh, if you don't absolutely. get to it. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, we can text our kids in, in, or in oh, can you? Really, as long as you text all of them at once and nobody can reply. Right. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't have all the kids, you know, they don't have all their LDS accounts completely up to date, but all send out and it'll get to half to maybe three quarters of them. Hey, remember you're trying to pray 15 times before class and tomorrow. You just, Have a great night. You do it through Wise or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll always text the parents and say, "Hey, I invited your kids to do this. It might benefit them if you just brought it up some point tonight or before yeah. school tomorrow." And you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so- it's, it, it's useful. It's very useful to do that. Yeah, because the, the thing I, I thought, because every one of these lessons has a student preparation piece to it, and maybe some are better than others. And, and like you said, if you do it all the time, maybe it becomes white noise. But some of these are super meaningful. And uh, somehow I, I thought we've got to brand these, rebrand them, because if, if we call them stu- student preparation, it'll feel like homework. I don't know. But like, you know, before the doctrinal mastery, invite students to start. Remember, nah, see, that feels like homework. Uh, uh, the, the next one, invite students to ponder these questions. How strongly do you feel you could testify of Christ? How, how can you strengthen your testimony of the Savior? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you would rebrand that one. Uh, the next one, ask students to pay attention to how the Lord is trying to communicate with them. Now, maybe this one's a good one if you're going to do one this week. Well, uh, okay, so I was. this is the one I was thinking of. I, I think I might give each kid a three-by-five card the day before Okay. and say, you just keep this in your butt pocket. And anytime you think maybe, maybe God tried to communicate, will you just make a little note of it, just what mm. it was, just in a less than a sentence and, and we'll talk about it tomorrow see, let's just see what we notice by tomorrow so you got 23 hours yeah. to really try to this. yeah see i like this if we could every podcast you give us a golden student preparation for one of the lessons this week so that was matthew 2 11 through 23 so that is thursday's lesson so wednesday Give them a little note card. You're big on this, right? You carry around a, a little notebook and you record impressions and you're giving them a challenge to try it for 24 hours. And then let's just see what we can learn. That's cool. I think that's really cool. doesn't feel like homework. feels like if I were in your class, I'd be really excited to see what happened. You know, this is an experiment more than anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Now, the last thing I do want to kind of bring up here is that some of these lessons, not all, not all of them, they all have these what, what are called call out boxes. I think that's what they're called. Um, all throughout, yeah. but many of these lessons have call out boxes that are very helpful for um, teachers as far as like what skill would really help a certain lesson. All of them, all the call out boxes, please don't, uh, teachers don't ignore these call out boxes because they all, sometimes they give suggestions on like an alternate way to do um like a, an activity and, you know, based on your, your students learning style, something we're focusing on this month, you know, if you, if you have, they, they may in the main body give you one suggestion, but then in a call it backs, give you more of an object lesson. You might yeah. say, well, my students will like that better. You want to pay attention to that. But some of these, so like, for instance, if we look at, um, 
the call out box for Matthew 2, 11 through 23. It says, helping students identify principles. It's the very first call out box. And usually I find that the very first one, if they're going to have a skill, it'll be one of, it'll be like the first one. And a, an important skill for students to acquire and practice during their time in seminary is the ability to identify principles from the scriptures. When students are able to identify principles, their ability to understand and live the gospel will increase. So we're not, we didn't bail on that. That's a fundamental of gospel teaching and learning from the 2011 handbook. And they're, they're basically calling out and saying this lesson, we're going to practice it. If you scroll down to um, the activity, let's see, uh, where is it at? Maybe I missed it because there, there's an activity where it, then the call out box says, we are now going to practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this next portion of the lesson is intended to help students practice identifying principles when they study the scriptures. And then so it's telling you in the box. Now you're going to this is training time. This is workshop time. So, so we, we ought to pay attention to these call-out boxes and maybe in our, in our podcast, we can point some of those ones out. Yeah, because um, they are good to, at the very least, consider. Just yeah. at least ask yourself, how would, what would this do if I, you know, yeah. So, so let me ask you this then, Brian, because they, they have the activity and then it says, the call-out box after the activity says, as needed, help students identify their own principles. Consider inviting students to write their principles on the board. Compliment students as they identify principles. Students may identify principles similar to the following. And then it gives you, the Lord will warn us and protect us from danger. And, and the rest of the lesson talks about that. But what do you do if your kids come up with other valid principles, but are not the direction you were planning on going? Oh, you absolutely engage those. And you do a lot more asking them. I mean, because you wouldn't necessarily be prepared. Yeah, you wouldn't be prepared. That. Yeah. And so, you, and, and there's no point in being the most right person in the room. Well, I've got to show them that I already knew that one. No, you absolutely don't. In fact, a student loves to hear a teacher say, I have not noticed that before. I'm writing that down. Yeah. It's a great. And so, then, but then you start asking them so why do you think that stood out to you what are what are you guys what else are you seeing here that goes with that rather than being the expert for the next five minutes so the skill you utilize in those moments is you put on like your curiosity hat almost like you're saying we're switching roles you're now the teacher and i'm going to be a, a very engaged student for a little bit here teach me what you're seeing in there and you're expanding that to the whole class have you guys seen examples of that too so so you're saying that 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 that's the skill is just start asking a bunch of questions. Oh yeah. When when your students see you turn your scriptures to the side and write the principle in the margins, yeah. They that is that's validating very empowering to them and very validating. Like, mm. you know, I really I really can find useful principles. Yeah, you can. You just showed one to me. Keep yeah. doing that. Yeah. So the skill that a teacher would need from there is to ask really good follow-up questions, learning how to be curious and and not have an agenda. This is something that I think teachers really struggle with. Um, and I, I see even my wife sometimes do this with our kids where the questions, the follow-up questions kind of almost end with a right at the end of the question. Like, yeah, I need you to say this one, right? Now this one, almost like I've got an agenda and I'm going to try to like direct the conversation this way. Boy, I think in the in the spirit of teaching in the Savior's way and that youth are in the middle of discovery, for you to just leave it wide open and say, boy, tell me more what you're saying. Oh, when you say that, do you what do you mean by that? Instead of yeah. 
smelling like you have an agenda. Boy, that's something yeah, that really practice. Tell me a little more about that. I'm really interested in this. This is this, I haven't thought of this before. And yeah. then they're like, well, if you haven't thought of it before, then I can't be wrong. So I'm going to share. I'm going to share more openly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I think we've given these good people enough to think about for next week. I'm, man, makes me want to teach all this stuff. This looks awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Cool, cool. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right.